Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hi. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> so we have a very, very special guest on our episode today. Would you want to introduce yourself, special guest? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Ali Hazelwood. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, that's it. <laughs> that's <my name. laughs> good morning to everyone or good night. <laughs> Whenever you're listening you to us, thank you. Welcome. Yes. We're so excited. <laughs> No, we're very excited to have you on the podcast. We were we were both like, who would we love to have? And I I had read your for anyone who may not know, if you're living under a rock, um, <laughs> Allie is the author of the book The Love Hypothesis. So we both had read this book, and we were like, we need to have her on the podcast. We she's amazing. So we were very excited that you had agreed to to join us. So thank um, you so much for being here. I'm so excited. You guys asked me. Um, I love doing stuff like this. Um, and you guys are amazing. We, we chatted a little bit before jumping on. Um, and also I met your Corgi, which was the highlight of my, I'm going to say year. Um, so thank you. Yeah. yeah Pippin, Pippin makes an appearance every now and then. So yeah, he's a, he, he tends to say hello to the guests whenever, whenever they're on. Pippin, I love you. <laughs> Marry me. <laughs> Everybody loves Pippin. He is the best. So yeah, we just wanted to ask a few questions if you wanted to um, share a little bit about kind of your journey and how you decided to write the love hypothesis and a little bit how you kind of got into this. I know that you are a woman in STEM and that was a big inspiration for it. But if you could kind of share a little bit about your journey and, and a little bit about you and how you became this amazing author. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, so I actually started writing with fan fiction. So The Love Hypothesis used to be a fan fiction, um, still is a fan fiction, I guess, uh, just uh, very edited and very transformed. So I um, started writing, uh, um, I think in 2017 or so. I was doing my PhD at the time and uh, I don't know, I just, I think I really needed a hobby or something. <laughs> I needed something that was in academia. And uh, I... Um, yeah, I, I went to the movies and I watched one of the Star Trek movies, the, the reboots. Um, uh, maybe it was 2016. I, yeah, I think it was probably 2016. But anyway, I watched uh, one of the new Star Trek movies and I just, uh, I was always a big Star Trek fan. And I was like, I just want to, you know, read fan fiction about this. I, I, I need to be in this world for longer. So I started reading fan fiction. I had never read it before. Uh, I don't know. I wish I had known about fan fiction when I was like 15, but I didn't. And so my adolescence, my, my childhood were sad and deprived of the, the magic of fan fiction. But um, anyway, so I started reading fan fiction and then I started writing it. Uh, just because I had a bunch of like story ideas and I couldn't find stories that I really wanted to read. And so I started writing it a little bit. And then after that, um, I moved sort of like across a bunch of different fandoms, uh, but I was just always kind of writing as a hobby. And then um, I moved to the Star Wars fandom and uh, that's kind of the fandom in which I wrote what used to be the fan fiction that the Love Hypothesis 
ended up uh, um, uh, morphing, well, the fan fiction that ended up morphing into the love hypothesis. So uh, it was called Head Over Feet. And uh, um, I had just watched To All the Boys I've Loved Before. The, the Netflix adaptation. And I just, I loved that movie so much. And I was like, I really, really want to write something about fake dating. And uh, at the same time, there was this weird like fake exchange that was being organized within the fandom community, which was like a fake exchange is when someone is like, oh, I would really like to read this fic. And someone is like, okay, I'll write you one. And it's like one of those things that happen only in fandom, just like this pure, I am a friend, like we're friends and we we kind of like show it by writing porn for each other. <laughs> it's uh, these things that only happen in fandom. It's amazing. And so my friend Frankie was like, oh, I'd really like to, to read a fake dating fan fiction. And I was like, okay, I'll write you a fake dating fan fiction. And uh, that's kind of how, how Head Over Feet uh, started. I started in academia because I was an academic, at the, at the time I was a postdoc and uh, I just really, I don't know. It's it's kind of like, I, I've, I've never really been in any other setting that is an academic like I've kind of always been either a student or someone who works in academia so that's kind of how I decided to set it there um and uh, yeah it was supposed to be like a short fan fiction a couple of chapters and then it became like very long and then my agent read it and uh, she was like you know this would if we edited this and changed a few things this could be uh publishable and uh, we could turn this into something that you know traditional publishing might be interested in and uh, so I signed with my agent and we worked on it together to like make it more uh, kind of traditional in a way like more similar to romance novels and then uh, yeah and then the book came out this September um, yeah that's it that's amazing how long was the process from like when you initially started writing it to when you guys kind of decided to turn it into you know this sort of romance novel to when it was published right so here is what happened I started writing it in uh, I think fall I want to say October or November uh, 2018 um and I finished I I was writing it like I was writing it chapter by chapter which was very unusual for me I usually would write something beforehand and then post all of it but for this specific fic uh because it was part of an exchange I was on a deadline basically like the exchange fix had to be posted by a specific day so I just started posting it and then I was writing like maybe a chapter every couple of weeks or so and then uh, uh the fan fiction was longer than the book uh ended up being just because we had to cut a bunch of stuff and rewrite a bunch of stuff so um and like the, you know generally in, in fan fiction you don't have a word limit so you can kind of like just navel gaze and have you know your characters sit down and have coffee and like just talk about stuff for pages and pages and pages without nothing happening which is not something traditional publishing is super fond of because you know paper is expensive and the like move the story along please um so that was um that was it yeah um uh the the, fan, the writing of the fan fiction took about a year then so I actually there was another step which was me um 
thinking the fan fiction like I started kind of thinking about maybe trying to write something original or maybe trying to like become a professional writer um uh, in the summer of 2019 like that's when I started thinking about it and at the time Avon like Harper Collins had a call for submissions for unagented submission submissions so usually to publish a book you would need an agent who pitches the book to editors I didn't even know that at the time like I didn't even know what an agent was but someone sent me this Avon call that was like um why like if if you have a submission um why don't you send it to us and we're gonna look at it and stuff like that and so that's when I took the fan fiction and I started changing the names I changed the plot a little bit I shortened it so that it would fit within uh, like it was I think it was like a hundred and something thousand words and it had to be eighty thousand words for the submission so I shortened it I made it so that the plot was more coherent because you know when you write stuff chapter by chapter you kind of sometimes things don't make sense because you forget what you wrote before um so I changed that a little bit and then I I submitted it to Avon and I got like rejected of course <laughs> of course <laughs> and uh, um and that, that that was it for me like then I was like okay well it didn't work out I didn't I, I at the time I was you know into writing fan fiction a lot so I was like that's it. Like I wasn't going to do anything else, but then my agent found the fan fiction and she was like, I actually think it could work. And that's, uh, uh, and that was, I think, January of 2020. Um, and so that's when I signed with my agent. Um, and then uh, we saw, we were on submission with the book for a long time. Like editors weren't very interested in it. <laughs> um, and so I think we sold the book in August or September, 2020. Um, again, 2020 was not a good year to be on sub or to exist or to be a human in, on this world. Um, it was just, a, yeah, it was a very hard year for everything. And I think publishing moved really, really slowly. My agent was like, don't lose hope. But I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to write another book. It was really like, once I had an agent, I started like really wanting to write more original stuff. Um, so I was writing another book, which is going to be my second book. It's coming out next year. And, uh, so, so that was, uh, um, that was it really. Like, so I think the entire process, I would say in a lot of different steps took from, uh, fall 2018 to fall 2021. So three years with a lot of like breaks with nothing happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite the process. Did you have fun like during the process of, you know, kind of wait and there's a lot of waiting in between, but, you know, working with a traditional publisher and all that was that kind of everything you thought it was going to be? <laughs> so there were fun parts. I think I would say overall, yes, it was fun, but like there were also parts that weren't fun. Like I, when we were on submission, we got, so I, I said editors weren't really interested, but actually there were a couple of editors were, and I got a lot of uh, something that is called a revise and resubmit. So you revise, like the editor tells you, I like your style. I like your voice. I like this specific element, but the book doesn't work in its in, in, in its form right now. Mm -hmm. So could you change it a little bit? And I got a lot of those. Uh, I think I got two or three of those. And uh, so I kept editing and editing yeah. and editing. And there was a lot of rewriting and I was really fatigued about the book in the sense that I just wanted to write other things, you know? 
So I think that time when we were, we had been on submission for a long time and I kept editing this book and it seemed like it was going nowhere. That was the least fun part. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think, summer 2020. I was just kind of done. And I actually told my agent at some point, I think I would rather move on and like maybe submit another, the manuscript that I'm writing right now. Yeah. Rather than like, keep on like rehashing the story over and over and over I I was just you know sometimes you just kind of are done with certain characters I needed a break I think um so that was the worst part but everything else was actually like working with my agent and then once we had a deal working with my editor and like discussing it all all of that was fun in the sense that it seemed like there was a purpose to it right and like I was working with people who were really helping me make the story much better than it had been um but yeah uh there were there were challenging parts for sure (laughs) I'm sure that's also challenging especially with what we were going through last summer with the pandemic and everything and I I I can't imagine how that 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 would definitely be challenging for sure and having to rehash that and go through that but we are very thankful that you that you (laughs) kept with it so well uh, I'm thankful that that my editor gave me a chance and that my agent gave me a chance because I I was ready to be like Bye. <laughs> but they, they were just amazing so yeah that's awesome yeah I was gonna say it's not the same but for us it's like when we edit the episodes you know we record them and then we edit them and then usually I you know we like listen to them when they're published to just like I just cannot read this anymore and like no. the thing of tradition I didn't know this about traditional publishing but like once you have edited your book then you get some like you get copy edits and then you get past pages and at each round you have to read the entirety of your book looking for you know Maybe you're not planning to change a lot of stuff, but you're still looking for like grammatical errors and typos and stuff like that. And that is just like, at that point, you're like, I am done. Like I cannot see. And and I was just like, this book is bad. Like, it's just bad because you don't even read it for meaning anymore. You're just like, I was so done, guys. I was just ready to burn my computer the book olive adam my editor i was just like that's it that's <laughs> like it. i'm all down i'm done yeah that can <laughs> be exhausting. yeah i can only imagine how like stressful that can be especially when you're like you said you're 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 looking you're not looking at the content necessarily of the story you're looking at the like basically you're just formatting it so it's like it's like I I do I do a lot of data analysis so it's like you're not looking at the data you're just formatting it and it gets to the point where you're like I'm I don't even know what the numbers are on the page or the words are on the page anymore I just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we're again we are very thankful that you that you kept on with it because um the love hypothesis is great so um we were very excited I was very excited to see it because I first saw it on book of the month so um, what was that like being uh, a featured book on book of the month and that kind of coming around uh, with that and everyone, everyone getting it and going crazy over it. That was amazing. So my editor told me that it was going to be a book of the month about two months before. And uh, I, so I had been wanting that for the book since my friend uh, Mia, um, I don't know if you've read Arsenic and Adobo by Mia Manansala, Mia P. Manansala. Um, it's an amazing cozy mystery about uh, Lila, who is this uh, Filipino-American woman who like 
she moves home uh, to after like a breakup and after a bunch of professional problems and uh, um, she starts working for her family restaurant and uh, her ex-boyfriend dies in the family restaurant after she serves him food and <laughs> she finds herself in the middle of this and has to like solve this murder <laughs> so she won so people won't think that she's the one who killed him it's hilarious I love the main character I love Mia anyway she, it was it was a book of the month pick I want to say for April maybe May it was I either have, I can't oh wait, let me let me see if I can yes! I, I haven't read it but it's um, so good it's Hilarious. I do have it. It's been a yeah, yeah. April of this year. It was April? It, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a cozy mystery, but also like a rom com. Like she's a rom com yeah. heroine. Like yeah. it's just it's 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 amazing. It's it's fantastic, and I I recommend it to anyone. But um, it was just it it was a great book, and uh, um, she was on book of the month, and she like because we were friends at the time. Um, she, like I I saw how much exposure she got because of book of the month, and it was just a, so romance novels and cozy mysteries usually come out in either mass uh, mass market paperback or trade paperback. But with book of the month, your book comes out in hardcover, and like hardcover is just so cool. You know, like it just it's a different feeling to hold it. So I really wanted that for the book. I wanted to be in book of the month, but it's not really something you have a say in. Like it's it's your publisher who decides whether they want to pitch you or not. Um, it's uh, um, I, I don't even know what happens behind the scenes. Like I know nothing <laughs> about what happens, but one day my editor emailed me and she was like, oh, they chose your book. And I was like, I am dying and going to heaven. Like this is this is it. Like this is just the best thing that ever happened to me. I was so happy. And I was just kind of happy. Honestly, I'm going to be real. I was happy because of the exposure, but like I was just happy that I would get to hold the hardcover edition. Like there was that. And then what like honestly, the fact that it was on book of the month got so much attention because there were a bunch of influencers on book talk who are like affiliated with book of the month so they get the books early and a bunch of them are romance readers so they read my book and then they started hyping it up so really like it was just such a a bunch of coincidences and a bunch of like really lucky breaks that the book got and I was so grateful and so happy and uh, in the meantime I was just like looking at the hardcover and being oh god look at this hardcover it was it was amazing it was so amazing that's so awesome. Yeah, I that is one thing for sure that uh, Tatiana and I've talked, talked yeah. about this before about um, them being hardcover because it's a lot of times, you know, you don't, as you said, um, a lot of these, you know, romance books come out in paperback, mass, ma- mass market or, you know, the just regular paperback and um, it having a hard a hardcover or like yeah. a, it's just there's something different about it so um it's uh yeah so we're we've, we've had this conversation about hardcover books too and it's always yeah nice to be like yeah I got the I've got the hardcover version of this book I, yeah it's it's great so I know um, and like um the fan artist who made the cover for my book she's also like she was in fandom with me we've been friends since fandom and like it was just really nice to send her a copy of her art on a hardcover version like it just it just felt really nice to send it to her like that it was uh, yeah it was it was just a dream the hardcover part <laughs> yeah yeah we talked about that like one of the reasons we stay with book of the month is because it's like <laughs> I have I have a few of like Casey McQuiston's books like one last stop and red white and royal blue and you can't get those in hardcover and I was like I just want them in a hardcover I know so, I yeah. have I have those from book of the month too and like yeah 
just yeah it's it's amazing yeah. it's and and they're cheap they're cheaper than a hardcover yes. bought from yep. like like they're so, cheaper than a book that comes out in hardcover. So yeah. yeah. So when your book sold out, Kirsten and I were like on our Instagram and on the podcast and we were like, join book of the month. Join book <laughs> of the month. Like you can get it there. Cause so many people were saying it was like, it was sold out and the libraries had it sold out. And we were like, join book of the month, get yourself the hardcover. Like it's so weird. I know. It. So my friend, Lucy, I have, uh, we were chatting about this before, but like, so I'm not very good at social media, but my friend Lucy is like a social media genius and she was like okay people your book is sold out but if people want it they should get it through book of the month so she did like she did a referral link and she put it on my website and she was like guys if you follow this link you can get and, and you're joining book of the month you can get this for like this book for five dollars and she got like 30 referrals or something which means 30 free books for her which I was like I love this for you <laughs> this is amazing yeah we actually we're actually reading the love hypothesis for um we have a book club through our podcast and we're actually reading the love hypothesis through that so good I had so much fun reading it and I was just like I've been telling everyone like you need to read yeah. this book. So and I'm like there's a referral link I'll use the referral link and you can get it and <laughs> And it's hardcover and it's amazing. So <laughs> thank you guys. Of course. <laughs> so what has that been like for you to kind of, you know, publish your book basically like two months ago or so and it sell out, go viral and all that kind of stuff. What's that been like for you? That was amazing. I think honestly, like the book was sold out because <laughs> no one expected it to be this successful. Like my, my publisher, even like <laughs> the, they just, the day before the book was slated to come out, um, not with book of the month, but like the actual, you know, uh, trade paperback. My editor was like, so the book is not in stock anywhere, but we're going to print more copies. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thank you. Um, and uh, I think it was very unexpected for everyone. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it was definitely very unexpected for me. I did not expect, like, I, I didn't, I think I didn't know what to expect. I was very scared that the book would flop just because, um, you know, like it's the thing of traditional publishing is that it's not just your book anymore. Like I was just happy that the book was going to be published, but like, it's just not, it's not just you anymore. There's also your publisher and like your, your marketing person and your publicity person, your editor, your agent, like there are all these people behind it. And it feels like so many people have put a lot of work in a book and just you want it to be at least enough successful that they don't lose money in it because it gets like a very oh I feel guilty about this like it, it, I started feeling really really guilty and just is it gonna be successful enough they've promoted it are they gonna see returns so I was kind of yeah I, I got like kind of scared about it so I was really hoping that it would be successful but like I didn't expect it to be this successful and it just feels like a gift way more than I hoped for so yeah it's amazing yeah I'm so happy I'm scared that people won't like my second book but also um I'm just happy you know <laughs> we're we're very excited that we're we're very excited that you have another book coming out so we, <laughs> we cannot wait but um speaking of speaking of being a viral sensation what was it like when um you broke the internet with the Adam POV <laughs> chapter 16. <laughs> I remember I was on the newsletter and I was like going and I was like, it's not working. What's going on? I was like, I'm gonna go to her stories or her page and see what's going on. 
So how is oh that like God. to break the internet <laughs> or break Bookstagram so- at the very least? So the book Honestly, of ones. we should have known. Again, this was me and my friend Lucy. <laughs> like um, my friend Lucy is the person who set up my, my newsletter. Uh, she set up my website. She Again, she's just an amazing friend who knows how to do all these things. And so her her job, she she used to be like a program manager I think like it's one of those people who like she would work when people would like do marketing launches and stuff like that to organize everything so she she knows how to do this stuff and she actually we talked about this a little bit and uh, uh like I had gotten so many new newsletter subscribers when I started announcing this that she was like mm, I hope I hope the website is okay but she was like but but it should be fine and then uh, and then it wasn't fine and then uh, I was like I don't even know like my level of uh, competency when it comes to technology is so low that I was like I don't even know what the problem is and she was like don't worry I'm gonna get you an upgrade so we had to get an upgrade to a better like a, a higher paying website thing and I don't know it was it was I was like, I'm never going to do this stuff alone again. I'm going to make my publisher do this because I have no idea what's happening. It was just, guys, what an epic fail that was. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the fun part about all of this is like just trying to get your groove and like figure out what works and what's not going to work. And it's yes. so funny that people logged in like immediately. <laughs> I, I, I think like, we just didn't expect, like I think we expected that people would get the email and then... You know, some people would be in class or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or, I didn't check didn't. it right away. And she texted me and was like, um, the website's not working. And I was like, okay, so I'll definitely wait then. <laughs> but yeah, it was just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, it was funny. And it was like, oh my God. Probably like, at the time, hindsight. We, we really fucked up. This yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it was, uh, yeah. We, you know what? We, we went it's, through it. Hindsight is funny. <laughs> Honestly, it's a great story because yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean that it was funny because we were texting back and forth about it. I was like, oh, it's, I was like, I was like, broke the internet. We broke the internet with the Adam POV. And, and uh, Todd's like, okay, well, we'll just like wait it out. And I'm like, you don't understand. I need to read this like right now. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I have a meeting in half an hour. I can read this like after the meeting. It would be fine. And, um, no. but I was, it was just like, that's, that's, I, I'm sure in the moment you were like panic. Oh no, this is not <laughs> good. I, but it's also just like it just shows how many people just absolutely love the book and love totally. The and also, it just shows that people are really horny, and yeah. I love that for us as you know, romance readers. I love that it was just like yeah, I love it. This is who we are. We're just yeah. a very thirsty community, and yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna embrace it. And it's yes, okay. like we're just this is this is all who who we are. And I think <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah, and it was it was wonderful because it was. We've also talked about this too because your your book uh, came out on Book of the Month in September of 2021, and I don't know what it was about September. Actually, I do know what it was. It was um, what was his name, Chad, on Book Talk. I don't know if you saw Chad on Book Talk, but he went on this whole rampage about women reading like smutty books and things like that and romance books. Oh my god, he did! I didn't see it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it was a yeah, whole was thing. Like and so, <laughs> who is Chad? Yeah, like Chad September was like a whole thing. And so, yeah. is, is his name um, actually Chad? Oh, his name is actually yeah. Chad. Oh, it's oh, like god. the first. Yeah, yeah. We were just like, yep, your name would be Chad. Like, of course, <laughs> your name is Chad. Way to live up to your name. 
name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like the perfect book also for everyone to be like, yes, this is perfect <laughs> for all of this. So we were, we were, yeah, yeah. it was great. What, it's is, great. what is wrong with Chad? What does Chad want from us? Is he, um, is he just sad and bitter? What is yeah, that? Yeah, Chad needs a girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, he doesn't like. I hope no one ever. Yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't deserve a girlfriend. Chad. <laughs> That's yeah. probably why, because no one's ever dated Chad. Yeah, <laughs> he's. Yeah, he's. He's clearly never read a romance or read never yeah. uh, dated dated a romance reader. So he's yeah. missing out. He doesn't know what he's missing, but he's just uh, bitter that he hasn't. It's fine. But yeah, it was a whole yeah. internet thing, like in I think smutty the end September, of right? yeah the end of August, and so smutty September was was born and so your book came out at the perfect time on book of the month so everyone was like yes so it was it was perfection the the release and then obviously it became a viral sensation and we we love it so yeah I am thank you Chad for for (laughs) helping us embrace definitely (laughs) thank you yeah exactly yeah I think I think we're like in the era of hardcore romance as being like uh, a community I think like being accepted yeah being accepted but I think there's just like there's such a band of of us girls on like the bookish interwebs that are just dying for more of this sort of like rom-com romance with more of the spice and more of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff but like with the fun cover I love the fun covers I think those are so so cute like those are my favorite <laughs> I know here. I know there yeah. is a lot of discussion about that I really like illustrated covers honestly Same. and I also don't expect like personally I, but I don't know I mean maybe it's just me uh I personally don't expect to necessarily illustrated covers to be like low heat um so yeah. like like <laughs> not I, anymore I, yeah I mean I think of like Helen like the Kiss Quotient is one of my favorite books ever like oh I just read that book it's so good oh, yeah. I just read it I and know. it's oh it's it's I'm so good right now I'm like so it's good. such a gift oh, it's so good. a gift to humanity oh. that she wrote yes. and I mean that and like the bright test and the heart principle they're all like you know, mm-hmm. they have sex and that's great. And that's what we want. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think I think Helen Hong is being up. So it, feel, it seems to me like books were very spicy, um, like in the early 2010s. And then like, there was kind of like a switch to rom-coms. And I feel like even for authors who wrote like low spice, bo- uh, uh, high, high heat books before kind of like switched to like, kind of not a whole lot of, sex and then I feel like we're back into even if it's a rom-com there can be you know yeah. several sex scenes which... yeah we always say that like we think a lot of our authors have like grown up with us in in the YA fandom and like especially in like YA fantasy you know they were younger when we were younger so they wrote a lot of YA and like mm-hmm. as they've gotten older their books have gotten spicier and like grown with us and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the same with like a lot of the romance authors is like they, they went really high heat and like Kirsten and I read a lot of, I, I really love like Western romance novels. Oh yeah. <laughs> like a, like a, the Wrangler or the nice like cowboy setting. Yeah. And those ones are like high spice, but the, they're like never going to be super popular, but I think they've <laughs> gone through the same kind of like lull and I'm like waiting for them to come out with the illustrated covers and for them to get popular. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It would happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, as far as when it comes to romance, I'm like historical romance, like, uh, fan, like fantasy romance, things like that. And I've just started getting into kind of like the contemporary romance with, you know, I can get all kind of started with, um, I think for everyone too. I mean, red, white, royal blue. I mean, yeah. that's, that's really, I think kind of kicked it off. 
um, not really kicked it off, but I think it's one of those, one of the first ones where everyone was like, okay, like this, okay, we're here for contemporary. Like we can yeah. do this. And then it's it just kind of book. It's oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, it's been, it's been so great to kind of dive into these contemporary romances and just, it's so funny because a lot of the covers are so deceiving. You're like, oh, this is going to be like a cute and not that the book isn't cute, but like there's, it's spicy. I mean, there's, there's some spice and we're here for it. We're definitely here for it. But, uh, um, it's funny because I heard a lot of people who are like, it's really nice. Cause then I don't have to like have a book that like has like a half naked man on the front cover and being married, which I love those books. That's just me personally. Like I'm here for like a half naked man in a kilt. Like that's just who I am as a person. And I embrace that. <laughs> but, um, I also love the illustrated covers because they're just so creative and just so cute. And, um, same. I love both. I love traditional covers. I love like the traditional, you know, historical covers of like the clinch playing uh, or but I also love like you know the, the Lisa Claypo, Lisa Claypas covers in the last few few books it's been like just these beautiful women with beautiful dresses I love that I love you know I love I love everything I just think I don't know I think her covers are just beautiful all over and I don't know did you guys see on Twitter uh does it bang that Twitter account there is this Twitter account that basically because it's getting kind of hard to know whether something is happening, like whether it's sex or not in a book. It's they call like uh, I think that the ad is at does it bang, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But it's it's uh, basically they they tell you whether there is sex or not in a book, and it's a community service, and I am very grateful for that. That is really good to know. <laughs> they're doing it's God's good. work. They're, yes, they're, 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 <laughs> yeah it's usually it's funny because I mean we when we uh we go on obviously bookstagram and book talk and you get the the recommendations and it's like you know you got the you've got the star rating but then you also know when it's a spicy book because they've got like the little chili peppers peppers, what's what's the spice rating on these books and so we we it's it's a community it's it's a service to the community and we appreciate it so yeah yeah and it goes both ways and I mean there are people who don't want to read it and there are people who want to read it and there are people who like you know sometimes are in the mood to read it and sometimes they aren't so it's good to know definitely I would love for publishers to put it in the book honestly yeah Yeah. but I guess it's hard to to judge like it's not really that like the scale yeah that would be like yeah I guess some because some people's version of really spicy is like not other people's version Version of really spicy spicy. so yeah um yeah it's definitely that's I think that's definitely been a topic as well over on like the book interwebs is what's what's the scale of spicy because again for some people some things are like super spicy and some things yeah. may not be that's the same book may not be as be that for other people so absolutely um yeah. it's it's interesting but it's I love that it's finally that it's something that um that is becoming people like readers um of all genders which is great so I'm I'm like here for it for the guys reading the romance novels I love that so totally um I don't know if you've read the romance book club I love yes! it it's, it's so good I, I it should be a required <laughs> reading for all men yeah um, <laughs> did you see uh that Lisa K. Adams is now doing like these subscription box for for guys who want to no, start reading romance I love that again community service thank yeah, you for your service <laughs> yeah they're turning it into a Netflix series so I am I yeah, I, I am um here for it. So yeah, I am gonna that. die. Oh my god! <laughs> I know, I I, yeah, we were we were talking about also you know the a lot of lately a lot of books have been turned into 
series, whether it's through Netflix or what have you. And I, I don't know if it's just like that I didn't notice it before, but I feel like that's something that's picking up more lately, you know, yeah. with Shadow and Bone and Bridgerton and The Witcher and, you know, and now that's Romance Book Club. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy how yeah we this community has, has <laughs> just kind of flourished, especially right. in the last few years. So I was actually talking about this with someone mm-hmm. recently and they were telling me how part of the reason this is happening is that so there has been this rise in, you know, streaming media and the big studios are kind of just doing really big budget movies like, you know, franchise stuff. Yeah. But because there is, you know, Netflix and Hulu and Apple TV, there are more opportunities for like mid budget uh, mm-hmm. or low budget, mm-hmm. even like movies or series that, you know, that's that's what yeah. romance can be. Like you can adapt it relatively cheaply and, uh, and yeah. then you have a movie, a rom-com or uh, like a, a series that yeah everyone wants to watch really like I I am I'm counting the days to the hating game oh I man, am the same. <laughs> to die like it's gonna be oh, amazing so exciting <laughs> the trailer yeah. looks so good it looks I so watched so it 40 good. times yeah. I, I was like okay I have to go do other things now yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did yeah, such a good job so with the good. casting too and I'm just like oh I can't wait for it to come out can't wait Lucy especially like oh yeah I love her how is it like this is she is Lucy yeah, like, yeah. it's just <laughs> yeah amazing That's so awesome yeah I it's been great because I remember I don't know if it was just I think it kind of at least what I noticed is when it started with like Bridgerton I was a huge Bridgerton or am still a huge Bridgerton yeah. fan I read all of the books and everything like that and so so good when oh, oh she just mm. So good. Um, so it was so wonderful to see these characters come to life. It's, I think that's part of it too, is when you're part of a fandom and you love these characters so much, seeing them come to life and seeing actors bring them to life and do it in a, in a spectacular way. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a reader's dream, man. It's just, yeah, yes, you're 100% right. But also, they didn't shy away from the romance. Like, it's not no. like they tried to turn it into something that it mm-hmm. wasn't. Like, chapter, uh, the episode six, was it? And the yeah. seven, like, that was like... I mean, the first 10 minutes of the first episode, it's like Anthony and, and the actress, like, it's yes! like in the first... <laughs> like, and it's it's great because that's literally, like, that's the that's what happens. I mean, the books are spicy. And so... Yeah. Yes! Um, oh, and God. I think it... It's funny because I think it caught everyone off guard to be like, oh, like this is like, okay, we're here for it. Like, this is, this is awesome. And so um, I know everyone is very sad that uh, Roger Jean is not in season two, but I will say I'm very ready for Anthony and Kate and it's going to be so good. So it's, it's, I'm very excited. So um, um, do you watch Sex Education? No, but I, I need to. My sister watches it. She said it's really good. It's amazing. Like there's, I just finished the third season, but mm-hmm. I've been watching it as it comes out. I think you're gonna, if you guys like romance novels and tropey stuff, yeah. I think you guys are gonna really like enjoy it. it. But okay. the actress who is going to play Kate is uh, in sex education. And oh, okay. uh, I am just ready to see her. Like, I, I don't know. I, I I just like her a lot. She's very yeah. beautiful. I like the way she acts. I like everything. So I'm just really pumped for <laughs> yeah. it. I, yeah. I am so ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited for like sassy Kate and, oh, and also yeah. the Corgi and 
um, just all of it. Like, I'm just so, I'm sorry. Cause her of the series, that's my second favorite in the series. It's definitely wonderful. Like I said, seeing these characters come to life and um, kind of, yeah. you know, ha- and how has that been for you seeing, you know, I'm sure you get fan art and all of these <laughs> yeah. wonderful things for your book. And how has that been kind of seeing people's interpretation of, of these characters that I they're, they're so great amazing people are so talented like people yeah. do fun art or like they fan cast uh, or uh, you know they, they do like those uh, mood boards or like those uh, aesthetic tiktok videos that, that um, i don't know what they're called but i think uh, maybe aesthetics but i don't know aesthetics yeah yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> they're amazing i just i people are so talented um it's something that like I knew before from fandom how incredibly talented people are like artists and writers but it just it's amazing to see to to have even more proof of that like it's just people are incredible someone made like a pin of my book and it was just it was beautiful it was art someone made yarn based on the cover uh uh based on the colors of the cover and I'm like how can you contain so much talent in, in yourself? I'm just, I'm in awe of everyone. People are amazing. I will say one of my favorite ones though is, is um, I know this is something that you had curated for the giveaway, but the, uh, the, the costumes, the Halloween one, and I was, I, I have to, I, oh my God. It was great. And then the little <laughs> like PLD at the story. bottom, I was, I, it, it was, it made my day. It was yeah. perfect. I, I have to tell you the story of that because I, that, that was another me fucking up completely <laughs> and then my editor so there was this goodreads giveaway and i had a graphic so what happens with workplace is that they give you graphics for like uh, you know goodreads giveaway that you can post but i had already using using use mine like 70 times so i was like can we uh, i have this group chat with like my closest fandom friends and we've been friends for years and i was in, in the group chat and several of them like are good at technology and like double and do a bunch of stuff. And some of them are artists. And I was like, can we do something to make this graphic a little bit different? And my friend was like, how about I draw, since it's before Halloween, I draw Halloween costumes on top of the graphic. So you can like, you know, so it's a little bit different. And, and I would, Yes, she did it. My friend, her friend, her name is uh, the poet draws. If you want to find her on, uh, um, on Instagram, she's fantastic amazing uh, aside she's from the UK she's flying in and we're meeting uh, in uh, in DC in uh, at the beginning of December to watch House of Gucci together so I cannot wait but anyway she did it and then a ton of people thought that we were giving out copies with the alternative cover with um uh, with with the the Halloween cover, which was never the plan. And my publisher was like, maybe next time put a disclaimer. <laughs> and I was like, crap, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How am I going to let people know? And then my publisher, because they are amazing, they were like, don't worry, we're going to make prints that we're going to send with the books for the giveaway because they are amazing. And my oh, other awesome. friend, my other friend got her friend to like paint the cover 
based on that. So now we actually have like books with it. So basically it was me fucking up and a bunch <laughs> of people around me having to save me from myself again. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's, it's fine. You're going to like break the internet now again with the Halloween cover and we're here for it. It's so, so cute. Good. So that's, that's, that's so, yeah, I saw that and I was like, this is so cute. I'm here for it. My so. friend is a genius. Again, everyone is a genius. Everyone is so talented. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I love everyone in this bar. That's amazing. And it's such, it's such a great community. And I love that you have such a, it sounds like you have such a great community that surrounds you with, you know, from your editor to your publisher, to everyone who, you know, has helped and it really takes a village. So can you talk a little bit about how that was? I mean, I know you said you kind of had, there was a little, a few, you know, bumps where you're struggling a little bit. How did you, you know, push through that? And yeah, you know, lean on them, everything that was going on. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I definitely do not deserve my team um, or my agent or my friends <laughs> or my cat. My, I do that for my cats. They're mean. They're mean. So I deserve that. Um, and I deserve my husband. He's also kind of me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I have, so the way things work. Uh, so I, I, I'm just going to give explain how it works because I didn't know anything before getting my book deal. So the way things work is, um, your editor buys your book at your publisher and then your editor works with you to make the book better. And then you also have, um, or at least at Berkeley, the way it works is that you have a publicist and a marketing person and they work. I don't fully understand the difference between marketing and publicity, even though I have been explained many, many times. I think one has more to do with like paid ads and the other one has more to do with like press, but I don't fully understand they have told me 40 times. It's one of the things where like uh, my mind, my mind is a sieve. I would never, I would never retain it. Um, and uh, um, so we um, basically what, what happens is that they build a strategy, a strategy to, to like make sure that a lot of people hear about the book and that people know people who might be interested in the book, get an idea of you know, what the book is like so that they can decide whether they want to buy it or not. Like, basically, I think it's just a matter of getting the word out. But it's very tricky because there are a million books published every week. So um, I think it's 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 hard. I mean, it's uh, one of the things that I have to say, it's very lucky because romance readers are very voracious. So it's not like, you know, like my book came out the same day as other romance books came out, but it's not like we were in competition because people read all three books and buy all three books, but still it's just a matter of getting the word out and uh, that's what they do. And, and they're just really amazing people. Like I, I, they've reassured me when I was freaking out again, like when the, 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 the Halloween cover thing came out, I, I, I wrote, I, I was like, guys, people think we're giving out this cover. What do I do? Am I fired? I'm so sorry. Don't kill me. And then they're like, they reassured me all the time. And they're like, don't worry. We've got this. We're going to talk to art. <laughs> we're going to print. We're going to do some prints. We're going to send them to people. So they're great. Um, um, yeah, my editor, uh, my editor is amazing. Like I, I told her that I was very worried about like people not liking my book too, but she, she's like, she actually like, I don't know she takes time to talk me down we're on the phone and I was like everyone is gonna hate my book too and she's like oh don't worry because it's normal to have like a 
it's called a sophomore slump. <laughs> it's just like, it's normal. Everyone is scared that their book two is not going to be well received, especially when your book one is well received. So don't worry. Again, they, they're just amazing. My agent is just there for, I, I have so many stupid questions, so many stupid questions. And my agent is just always there to answer them. She's on maternity leave actually, but you know, she's still amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm really surrounded by <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, it's It makes me sad a little bit that it feels like, it seems to me like people don't know how much all these people who work behind the scenes do. And I wish I could convey properly to others that it's really, like you said, it's a village. And I mean, these are all the people that I talk with every day or not every day, but like every time something comes up, but I'm sure that there are like copy editors that I don't even know of people who like, I don't know, the art department, like all these people that I don't even have any contact with at Berkeley that are doing so much for my book. And I'm, I'm just very, very grateful. Um, yeah, that's it. I wish I could send all of them like coffee this morning, but I don't know who they are. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool to hear too, because I feel like I haven't heard a ton about the publishing industry, but everyone talks about like, you know, how much work it is and how much effort. And it's really cool to see someone come into it and have such like a positive experience, go through the whole thing and realize like, you know, it does take a ton of work, but it's so worth it in the end. And especially yeah. for us as readers, like we love to see all that, but we don't know, you know, kind of what goes yeah. on in the background. Of- I mean, I'm going to be real. I, I've heard so many, like I, a lot of the authors, so we had like these debut groups where we, mm-hmm. we talk with other debut authors and when we talk about our anxieties and some of the authors that I've talked to are maybe debut for adult fiction but they have, have published a young adult before um or you know stuff like that or maybe their debut for romance but they've published thriller or something something like that so we've been talking about this stuff and like so many people have had terrifying experiences with publishers like it's not something I take for granted that my publisher has been so supportive of me because I have heard really bad stuff. Like I've heard bad things about editors, about, you know, people not getting any support, people like publishers just like dropping the book out and like not promoting it at all. I've heard of like publishers just don't even posting on their own social media feeds that a book is out and things like that. Like, and, and, and Berkeley has just been amazing. Uh, I feel like we all agree in my, like, we all agree in my debut group that like we've had, we all have had really good, good experiences with our publisher. So I'm just, I hope, I hope they buy more books for me <laughs> so I can stay, stay with them. <laughs> well, that's, that also helps too. I mean, especially when you have that support and people being able to back you and be like, it's, it's going to be okay. Like we're, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, I feel like unfortunately when it, when it, if something bad does happen and they have a bad experience that sometimes, you know, obviously puts them off of maybe yeah. writing in the future or doing something in the future. And which is sad because that's, yeah, stories I know. I know someone yet. who didn't write for five years, uh, following their first, oh, wow. their first experience, and uh, she said, and uh, it just take, took me a long time to be back into it, and yeah. uh, and then now she's enjoying herself at Berkeley. But like that's five years of excellent writing from this person whom I know to be an amazing writer that yeah. we missed. Yeah, but yeah, and it's like wow. missing on those stories and those amazing ideas and and. I just yeah it's it makes me sad that people would have to experience that but I'm very happy that you that you had a great experience so um that makes it that just makes it all the 
all the better. Thank you guys. Yeah. (laughs) So how has it been writing this book and going through this whole process while also still working in academia and being a part of that community? Like, has that been really stressful? Does everyone know that you're now (laughs) a published author and I'm kind of a viral sensation or? (laughs) no one knows okay. <laughs> um, it's not like Ali Hazelwood well, Hazelwood is not my last name um uh so I don't so no one knows I mean it's it's one of those things where <laughs> I uh every time I talk with people and I tell them no one knows they're like they know they probably know because my picture is is everywhere uh and my students are on TikTok as far as I know but uh no one has come to me and told me oh, we know about your secret second life. (laughs) The main reason I don't want people to know is that I spend a lot of time at work writing stuff that I should not be writing. Um, So I'm just trying to like keep it a secret as much as I can. So, so no one knows really at work. Like it's, it's just, I, I live my life as, as normal at work. And it's, it's just, it's, I am not doing well in the, in the sense that I am really, uh, I feel like I'm doing both my jobs really poorly. I feel like I'm not writing as much as I should. And I feel like I'm not um, as present as I should when it comes to like my academic job. But um, yeah, I'm hoping that next year I'm going to be able to like somehow kind of like fix it. Um, like I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out feasible solutions because I just don't think this is and I mean I, I think being a debut is more stressful I, I think generally debut books are more hyped and more yeah. uh publicized than non-debut books so I, I don't think that a, the next book is going to be as much work in terms of social media and stuff but mm-hmm. it's still um yeah I, I definitely would want to like have uh, more balance in my yeah. Life. <laughs> I think that we all like sort of struggle with I mean we're not authors but like I think the bookstagram community in general like yeah the bookish interwebs like that's all our secret lives nobody like knows about that at our jobs like <laughs> I think everybody or like even in some people I think even in their real life like I know a lot of my friends and stuff don't know that like we have a podcast you know it's like it's such a secret thing and you're like well if you if you happen upon it oopsies <laughs> but like <laughs> I don't know. I know. Thriving, really. I know. It's, it's, yes. It's, yeah. it's hard to just explain. I also like, it was hard. Like, before being an author, I was in fandom, right? And like, I feel like there is a lot of people, like, a lot of judgment about fan. Like, oh, do you really spend so much time writing thousands and thousands of words about fictional characters? Especially for like an adult woman, there is this idea that once you're 30, you should just be all about, you know, needing and children and taxes like and that, that's it that's the end of like having fun and uh, uh it hasn't been like that for me um I I feel like I yeah I mean I started writing and being interested uh, in fandom in my in my late 20s so yeah that's that's I'm having fun with fandom and with like media but it felt for so long like I had to hide it from people and uh, right now I don't particularly hide I mean right now I hide the book thing mostly like I said before, because I'm not working enough in my day job, but, uh, but yeah, like for a long time, I felt like I had to hide the fact that I was in fandom and, um, yeah, it's tricky. It's weird. 
<laughs> people ask yeah. you what are your hobbies and you're like I read oh what do you read uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like that's something for a lot of people especially on the British interwebs I mean there's so I feel like there's two distinct categories when it comes to like readers so there's like and, and neither of them are better or worse than the other. You know, there's, I feel like those of us that are on like the bookish interwebs, those that read a lot of romance or YA or books that aren't quote unquote traditionally like looked upon as being literature, it's like <laughs> yeah. you being a reader um, where, and then there's the other side where it's like, you know, the very like serious classic books or anything you know or, or like just very biographies yeah and, yeah just yeah. very intense I think there's kind of those two distinct worlds and so when you say you're a reader people are like oh like what you know what do you read and they expect you to say like I don't know like and you, you say romance they're like oh so like Jane Austen and you're like no that's not really um <laughs> like, you know, since the 1700s <laughs> yeah you're like oh, no no not not necessarily uh, so, but I think it's I think more people read read those genres, like the genres that are more prevalent on the bookish interwebs than people like to let on. And I feel like people oh, yeah. felt like it was their like guilty pleasure or like dirty little secret. But now it's, everyone's like, oh, so you read that too. Okay, it's not just me who yeah. like has to like, <laughs> like spirit away the, the like all the romance books that I like you know <laughs> wear a hood and like get your little hoodie and like hide your romance books that you're buying at Barnes and Noble or something but yeah it's a uh, it's very interesting which that every time I, I think of that it, it reminds me of the romance book club when they're like go into the store and they're all like buying <laughs> buying their romance they're like we're gonna be proud and buy our romance books and I just love that but um but I mean I feel like people have been judged for reading that and they're like well that's not I mean Chad is there yeah 100% I think you're right but also like I I think uh, I don't want to misquote data but I am like almost sure that romance uh, is the most sold category is it have you uh, heard of this yeah. too I've okay. heard that. There's okay. just, I think heard- it's the capacity. Like there's just so many romance books and people buy them that it, ha- it has to be, right? <laughs> it's gotta be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's something that there's this kind of stigma around, I feel like, or at least there was yeah. uh, more of a stigma around like romance readers. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of, that's been something that at least I've experienced in the past. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's right there. Um, I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, and, uh, you know, screw people. Like, no, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that that's it. Like, I, um, yeah, it's 100% yeah. there. Yeah. I think it's been so nice to, like, going into these larger bookstores and even into, like, small independent ones, but definitely, like, Barnes & Noble, you go in and there's a whole section that's, like, rom-coms or, like, romance with those illustrated covers. And I think that yeah. that has done a lot for the industry. And I, I yeah. love to, like, see that growth because I think people thought before, you know, it was all just, like, only like Julia Quinn books or only, you know, Nicholas Sparks or something like that. That was just very like the mass market paperback that you buy for $3 in like the discount bin at Walmart. And Mm -hmm. now it's like, it's this whole genre. Yeah. It it always has been, but I think it's grown so much and like, we love to see that. And I think it's, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's, it's romance was always there and it always had legitimacy. However, it's nice that, you know, 
it's nice that there are there is a new audience that has been reached by the you know the illustrated covers or by the the, the, the label rom com and I I see in a way why like I I see that it can be irritating for people who have been you know reading uh, romance since and I I read romance before the rom com thing that before the rom com era like I I I read erotica in. Uh, when I was a teenager, I did it. I know I shouldn't have, but I did. And uh, I mean, I um, I totally understand when people are like. I, I think sometimes their reaction to people who say they don't like illustrated covers. I think the reaction could be, we are like we were romance was good and romance was fine even when it was like just a a man's torso on the cover or like the, the clinch hug or whatever. And I I one hundred percent agree with them but it's also true that we want as many people as possible to know about just know not even like buy them just know that the um the books exist yes. and that yeah and 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 if uh you know if uh, a young a young audience is more likely to buy the book if it has a an illustrated cover then i'm like let's go with the illustrated covers they're so pretty and colorful i like them I don't yeah know. so did you get yeah. a choice and kind of decide which cover you wanted or no i that... did like okay. I, I i honestly i don't think like my book is pretty like i i know that there are like you know emily harry who's also one of my favorite writers so like writes something that is definitely romance but it's kind of like struggling women women's fiction and romance mm-hmm. you know but my book is very much like a our romance novel yes. yeah yeah um with the tropes and everything so I don't think that even if uh I like I I don't think it was ever a conversation or a discussion that, that it wouldn't have the illustrated um illustrated cover yeah. at Berkeley my publisher I think they only do non-illustrated covers uh, for uh mass market paperbacks okay um uh, so and, and mine was a trade paperback I think I, I don't want to like yeah. I, I, I don't want to s- spread this information yeah. but I think so um, I did get to choose the artist I was um, gonna say that was my next question <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah so we okay. were friends and she the the, the the cover is actually like the uh, the two of them kissing she had already she had done that art in you know fall 2018 and okay. uh, I showed it to my my editor I was like uh, she made this what do you think and she was like I love it she showed it to the art department at, Bar- at Berkeley they were like we love it everyone loved it and so they put it on the cover and it was like a nice callback to the fan fiction origins which I really appreciate my publisher never tried to hide uh, or anything like that I think they were very you know, open. It used to be a fan fiction. Now it's edited. It's changed a lot, but uh, but but it's you know that's that's it's it's history. Origin, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, the colors are amazing. I I love them yeah, so much. I, I colors, actually yeah. I like painted my edges this weekend to match or this week. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> it's just it looks so good. So so Wait, pretty. did I see? Did I see? This is story. Yeah, yeah. It was you? Oh yeah. my god, I love that. It was like, was it the the blue the, and like ombre. Uh, yeah yeah oh my god that's so beautiful i'm sorry guys i prom- i go to my stories and no, you're I'm fine you have so many <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did the, this one it turned out ah. so good and i was like i just love the color so much i was like i have to put this on the pages <laughs> amazing yeah i, yeah, I didn't even know it could really be done at home honestly i thought it was like a, a very a super professional process. thing amazing i love it <laughs> it takes a long time but it's, it's a process <laughs> but it's fun <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there. Yeah. I love that. I saw that and I was like, Oh, it's so cute. I love it. So yeah. It's, it. uh, 
yeah again again that's just the creativity and things yeah. that, that I was like, yes. I have to I so. The color, the cover is like so gorgeous. And I was like, I just need to make this look extra special. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. They did a really great job. I love that. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know, um, Illumicrate? Mm -hmm. They have, they often have like this amazing ads, like they they take editions of the book and and they do like super amazing things with the edges. And I'm always like, (laughs) have you been offered or like talk to anybody about being part of a box or other than book of the month? Um, Or how does that kind of work for you guys? So, so I think we're going to be part of the the once upon a book club book. Yes. Yes. Once upon a book. Yes. Yes. So I actually want to know because I, I just finished, I actually, I lied. I've not finished I have been signing 3000 book plates with my my beautiful. Yes. It's been taking a long time with my beautiful, while my husband and I are rewatching the X-Files. I don't know why. Now, every time, uh, every time, like I'm now I have this thing where my brain is associating like book plates. It's so weird. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I bought uh, these box of super pretty Sharpies. Uh, they're called like, I don't know, gem colors or like oh, mystic wow. gem colors. So yeah. I've been like signing my name, you know, this cool guy. Anyway, 3000 book plates for that box. And uh, um, actually, I don't even know if they're all for the box. I just okay. know that Berkeley sent me 3000 yeah just maybe they're keeping some I don't know um and uh so uh that's that's uh I think that it's gonna be in that box and I know that they are giving like they also put gifts in the yes. box and yeah. one of the gifts is I think like a, because it's a new year's box so one of the the, the gifts oh. is like a glass or something and then there is another gift and that I forgot but then there are two mystery gifts oh. and I I don't know what they are but I want to know so badly yeah yeah <laughs> it's like I am dying and so I asked my publicist I was like do you know what the gifts are and she's like no no <laughs> so, so I am very sad that I don't know that's a fun one so they do where you like read the book and then when you get to this page open this gift that's kind of how theirs works for those and then it'll, uh, it'll be like in reference to the book. And so the, like you get there and they'll tab all the books and it'll say like, you know, you're on page 12 and they'll say, I'm sure the, the, the cup might be like a Starbucks reference or something like that. And I it'll love be like, it. Yeah. They're really, really fun boxes. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, my friend Livy, so I don't know if you guys have read Meet Me in Paradise. It's a romance woman yeah. fiction book. It's such a good book. It's it's most it's a love story, but mm-hmm. there's also like it's also a story of two sisters, and she her book is was part of these once upon a yeah, book club box, that. right? I didn't order the box, which I am so upset about because the gifts inside were amazing and they were like related to the book and. Um, yeah, that yeah, was the one I, with the microphone, right? Like they got a yes, yeah, yeah, yes. It was amazing. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I hadn't joined yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need this box. <laughs> I know. Same. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And the book also is fantastic. And like there is a, a specific piece of jewelry that is significant mm-hmm. for the book, and they included it in the box. And I was like, I am just this is amazing so when they told me that that they had chosen my book for the new year's box or whatever I was so happy I was just 
yeah. I was over the moon. Um, I that that's the only bo- box that I know of, but I okay. would die for Lumicrate because uh, yeah, they do a great job. Because they're so good. So I yeah. don't know if anyone from Lumicrate is here. <laughs> <Just> Hi. <listening. laughs> Hi, I would pay you literally <laughs> to make one box with my book that I can buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're here. We're here for like the sprayed edges and <laughs> yes. uh, like the foil. Oh, all of it. Like we're here for it. <laughs> you only have to make one box. Yeah. <laughs> like, for me, it's fine. Thank you. <laughs> that would be amazing. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah so you are a bit of a world traveler uh Kirsten and I love to travel so we'd love to hear a little bit about kind of your growing up I know you've lived a bunch of different places if you want to chat a little bit about that definitely so I grew up in Italy um and then I I did an exchange in uh, um uh in college and I went to to Japan for a year which was amazing I love Japan um and then uh, I did part of my master's in Germany just because of the type of research that I was doing at the time. There was a team in Germany that was doing this study that I really wanted to be part of. So I um, I was there for seven, eight months. Okay. Um, and then, and, the, and then yeah, then I moved, I moved to the US for my PhD. And then I guess I just kind of ended up staying <laughs> because, you know, I met my husband here and then we got married and uh, then well, we have the cats and uh, we just cannot leave the cats. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's so fun what part of Italy are you from I'm from the very very north it's like very close to Austria um so uh, the least fun part (laughs) the weather is very different there it's cold food is not as good yeah (laughs) that's really fun I went to Italy last year it was amazing it was so beautiful Uh, I did a big or not last year sorry 2019 I did a big euro tour before before 2020 oh that's amazing oh my god is definitely the world traveler of the group I have not left the United States Tatiana's been everywhere and I'm just like living vicariously through her (laughs) but I was supposed to travel the COVID happened so yeah uh, that kind of put a damper on the plans but okay um, but you know what like the United States is so big so you can like you can travel so much within the U.S. and uh, it's still amazing so yeah we've been kind of doing just like small trips around like especially since because I lived in St. Louis prior to Mm -hmm. to Nashville and um so I did stuff in like you know St. Louis area and wandered around there and I've I've traveled or moved a lot for work um so that's been kind of fun exploring Mm -hmm. but yeah the U.S. has a lot to offer and I think sometimes we we being American we like forget about it we're like oh it's (laughs) fine it's like someone living in California doesn't go to Disneyland because it's just like there or the beach or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, it's, yeah. I think sometimes you forget about how great, you know, we've got like the national parks and things like that too, but I still would love to go to Europe. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the hope one day. That's a dream. I mean, this pandemic will be over at some point. So. It's gotta be right. Yeah. What's kind of your favorite place that you've lived? Um, no pressure. <laughs> I really like Germany. Um, same. I was in Tübingen, uh, which is in the south of Germany, mm-hmm. and I just, I, 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 it was really great. But yeah. I, I also love Japan so much. Where did you it's go? It's so hard Japan? to tell. I was in Tokyo. Oh, okay, yeah, Tokyo. But then I traveled around, and uh, like everyone yeah. was so beautiful. Um, you know, I really can't just make a decision. <laughs> um, uh, all of them. I did. I did live in Nashville, and I did love Nashville. Um, I also Nashville. It's that's where I got my cat. So. It will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, never Nashville's forget Nashville. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty great. So as far as, you know, you talked about, you know, being um, part of like fandoms and, you know, writing the fanfics and um, this is um, kind of developed in something as far as like a, a Raylo fanfic. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, you know? Yeah. Um, so what, as far as, I mean, we all love Adam Driver, but <laughs> as far as that, has that, has that been something that I don't, when I read the book, I hadn't realized that it was, uh, that it had had grown from a fanfic and I messaged one of my one of my friends who had who had read the book prior and I was like if they ever make this a movie and Adam Driver is not Adam (laughs) I will have like this is not going to be like I will throw a fit and she's like you realize she's like well I hope so because it's like a Raylo it was like it moved from like a Raylo fanfic I was like no way and I was like oh I knew the assignment like <laughs> you, you do you did yeah if he's not if, yeah it was really funny but um you know what what about Raylo um kind of drew you to to write about write fanfic about that and right it's so interesting so Raylo is actually a kind of controversial ship like a lot of people just don't like Raylo uh because he's a really bad guy like he's objectively a horrible guy um and uh, well I, I i'm assuming you guys are familiar with the star wars movie so like the idea in the start in case anyone isn't like the idea is that um at the core of the the the, the new trilogy of star wars you have uh, um this really powerful but untrained uh, soon-to-be jedi which is ray the main character and uh, these really powerful and very trained uh, uh not really a Sith, but like bad guy who um, is kind of like her, kind of like her counterpart in a way. And they um, they are enemies at the beginning of the trilogy. And the, actually they stay enemies for most of the trilogy, but like they are also these really two powerful individuals uh, who um, have something in common, which is this incredible talent is incredible power with the force and and therefore we they have something that binds them even as they are enemies and then they are on opposite sides of a war so that was just like a premise it's a premise that for some people is just too much um which is totally get it like he is you know he's a he's a killer he's a mass murderer i mean it's it's you know it's fantasy but still it's it's a thing so i totally understand people who who just don't like Raylo or who think that like, or they, they see their relationship as intrinsically abusive and uh, dysfunctional. And I totally get it. And uh, um, I 100% respect that. I think for me, it's kind of easy to not think about it because it's fantasy and uh, therefore it just doesn't feel real. And uh, um, I just really, really like this, this kind of, there, there's like this weird soulmate concept that's baked into the premise because even though they are opposites and even though they really want very much different, very different things, in the end, uh, they are also the only person who can understand the other. So that's just a concept that I, I don't know, it was irresistible for me when I, I remember seeing the movie. I actually, it's really interesting. I remember seeing the first movie and being like, there is something there. Like there is something romantic there between these two people. Like they are going to, 
Like, is it, are they? And I kind of, at the time I was so into Star Trek, I, I, I was never a huge Star Wars fan. And I still am not. Like, I, I like Star Trek way more than Star Wars uh, if you don't take the two main characters. Um, but um, yeah, so at the time I, I was like, I remember seeing the first movie and thinking, wondering. I remember thinking Adam Driver was just a really compelling actor. I remember loving Daisy Ridley. I just loved her. I loved the way she spoke, the way she looked, the way she played Ray. Like Ray was just raised my favorite character in uh, all of Star Wars. And then, um, and then I saw the second movie, like the, the Last Jedi, the second movie of the trilogy, and that's when they really like. Ryan Johnson really went for it. Like he really gave it, gave really strong romantic undertones, uh, or maybe even overtones. Like they hold hands at some point uh, to to the movie, and uh, um, you know the the, the movie he, they make different choices. But there, there is this like throne scenes in which I don't know. He basically asks her to drop everything <laughs> and go with him. And I remember being like, it took my breath away. I was like this is just my catnip. I was so there for it. And uh, I was, I was like writing so many Star Trek fan fictions at the time. I was like, I don't have time to write Star Wars fan fiction, but then I did. I had to, I just really, really wanted to. I like, I remember thinking, what if she had said yes to him in the, in the throne room and I'd gone with him and I wrote like my first fan fiction and then I just never looked back and I just only for a real fan fiction. So yeah, that was, uh, that's kind of how it started. But then Here's the deal. The thing of fandom is that it starts as a deep love for the the canon material, but then it evolves into just like deep love for the fandom community. So as I started moving on, I wrote less and less canon compliant fictions that were set in the world of Star Wars and more like just fics that kind of played with the archetypes of Kylo Ren. So he's grumpy and Rey's. So he's she's you know, more sunshine and uh, she's more open and she actually loves people and uh, he hates everyone by her. So this is what, uh, after a certain point, like the fan fiction was just the archetypes of these two characters. Um, and uh, you would have some callbacks to canon, but really it's it's kind of separated. It's it's not even, it's not even fan fiction anymore or it is still fan fiction, but it's not even like, it, it's... Um, it's not really Kylo Ren and Rey anymore. So that's kind of how, how I, uh, um, how I approached it. Like, I mean, I, sorry, I, I, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm trying to deny the Rey. No, no, you're fine. Influence. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I am 100%, I stand by that. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fiction, but yeah, it's, it, it kind of, it becomes more abstract, you know, yeah. that's what yeah. I mean. Just the idea of their characters versus yeah. like being in the world. Yeah. Be like that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's, there's also this, um, as far as, I mean, I don't think I would, I don't think I would call Kylo Ren morally gray. He's definitely like morally black. Like he's, oh, yeah. he's very like, it's very like, um, dark Lena stands like, it, like mm-hmm. the darkling and Alina from shadow and bone. Like that's something that's like kind of ta- like a lot of people are like, yeah. maybe because the darkling is, is Ben Barnes, but you know, that's fine. Um, it's that, that might play something into it. Um, um, but you know, I feel like there's this, um, a lot of times, a lot of the bookish interwebs goes for the morally great characters. And that's where we, that's where, that's our bread and butter. But um, unless you're yeah. Tatiana and you love the wholesome characters and you're like, I just want a golden <laughs> retriever. Um, but, which, which that's all. We love Mal. We love Mal. Yeah. 
<laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, Mel, not book Mel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't even read the books, but I want to. But yeah, I loved movie Mal. I yeah, actually, yeah. I don't know why I, I didn't super get into Dark Lina, but my friend, uh, my friend who made the the, the art for uh, the Halloween heart, yeah. she makes uh, um she she she's a she likes Dark Lina, so she makes these amazing Dark Lina uh, art, and uh, I. I enjoyed Dark Lina through. I her. think I saw yeah. that. I saw the one where it was like Mal and he's like in the, it was like the, what is it, like the fuck Darkling support group or something like that. And she like <laughs> shows up and she's like, I think I misunderstood the assignment. And she's like, I think I misinterpreted the meaning of this of yeah. this club. And I was like, this is great. Yeah, I saw that. It was, it was so funny. It's so cool. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, She's I'm amazing. a Darkling stan. The Darkling is definitely more. He is not a good person, but um, I also okay. Like but you know what? And again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But based on the show, like, here's the thing: it's a, it's a bad character, but I feel like there is enough work that is done to make you feel for him. Like, he's is he bad? Yes, but you kind of can see how he got to be there, and that's part of uh, but why he discussed you don't really get that in the book. So you kind of have to yeah. like suss it through. There's some extra chapters that are like in the book that you kind of read and figure out a little bit more about his past. Um, but you don't get a lot of that in. And I think that was something um, that was really requested from the fandom for, for Shadow and Bone because we're like, we want more backstory. We want yeah. more, we want more from huh. about the Darkling and what, so what all that him to this point. All that. <laughs> Yeah, there like are those episode. scenes in in the past yeah. where he has like a mullet. Is not very. <laughs> those no, are not in, in the, the book. book. No. So <sighs> there's like the original version, which I had read the original version, and there is no like extra story. And then Kirsten yeah. had read the new print, which is like those new covers that aren't the ones of like you know the the building on them. They're the ones with the the, mm-hmm. the each individual animal. And that one has a backstory, but it's not the same one that they showed mm-hmm. in the season one show. There's like yeah. that huh. backstory doesn't exist. But that was something too. I mean, when they talked with um, Lee Bardugo, she's like, I really wanted to kind of, because she's like, I wanted to give the fans what they wanted. They wanted more backstory from the Darkling. And again, the Darkling is, he's not, he's not a good person, but you also, you, you get some backstory into Mm -hmm. how he became who he became. And that's, um, that that, that that helps making bad characters compelling in a way. Yeah. Like it's, again, it's, you know, it's fiction versus reality. Like we know yes. we, we we wouldn't like Yeah. In real life, you're like, that's a red flag murdering many people is like yeah. not but like <laughs> maybe, maybe you think about it in real life. But like in <laughs> fantasy, we can like maybe forgive it a little bit. But like yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in real life, red flag. But like here in this book, in this world, we're we're here for it. So yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um the Shadow and Bone trilogy trilogy is it is the book done? Like, is it over? Okay. So, so we know whether the Darkling is going to get redemption or not. Yes and no. So maybe <laughs> there's the original trilogy, which is Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm. Then there's Six of Crows, which. Right. That's, that's, that was my favorite part of the show, by the yes. way. So that's the second, like, duology. There's two of them. And then past that is the King of Scars and Rule of Wolves, which is like past, past that. So it's some characters we haven't met yet. Um, one character we have met, and it's sort of the conclusion. But there's a rumor. She said she was done with the Grishaverse, like she's done writing. But the ending of Rule of Wolves makes it seem like it's not. And there's a rumor that she might do it. It would just be like years from now. So there's basically seven books total. There's there's also rumor that the show is going to take a different 
turn or tone with the dark playing than it did in the books. And it already has. I mean, it's in the first season, you definitely, um, after reading, reading the books and stuff like that, and then watching the show, there's definitely a turn in, um, again, you get more backstory for the darkling Mm -hmm. and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how it, how it kind of changes from, but I mean, I mean, even the characters too, um, like Shomal is so much better than book. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Shomal is great. Shomal is the Mal that we deserved. Um, the book book Mal is not a great guy. (laughs) Great. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) he's really bad in the book. So, yeah, he's not yeah. a he's not a great person either. So. It's so hard to imagine him because he's such a good guy in the yeah, show. Yeah. Like it's he's really yeah. sleazy in the book. He's like oh, a bunch no. of girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. it makes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really so, bad. but but um, they they did really well with it yeah. as far as the changes that they made, and yeah. obviously bringing in bringing in the dregs and you know all of that was wonderful. So yeah. um, I'm here for the crows. The crows are Nina is my girl. So I, I love the Nina and uh, they, they told me he dies. And yeah, I'm very yeah. <laughs> Spoiler yeah, alert! Yeah, it, he dies. <laughs> I literally I <laughs> I'm a crier when it comes to books. I yeah. or books or shows or any like I cry. It's 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 bad. But I was watching it and they were, you know, it was the Nina Matthias um scenes and everything like this. And I'm like, such chemistry. So oh, yeah. I so good. And then I just cried because I'm like, this is gonna ruin me <laughs> when he dies. Because I'm gonna be on the corner or in the corner on the floor just crying. Like yeah. it's not gonna be okay. Like I will not be okay. So oh my god. It's yeah. gonna be bad. Like it's 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 gonna be good, but it's also gonna be just like the most heart-wrenching moment of my life. Yeah, I mean it just felt to me like the Six of Curse plotline was uh, um so intriguing and like and Ines and Kaj also were just uh, oh. the tension there was just mm. so good. I just I loved it. I I, I want to read the book, but again, I couldn't avoid spoilers. And then someone told me, oh, but this person dies, and I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't no. read it now. <laughs> this so the plot line in Shadow and Bone for Anej, Kaz, and uh Jesper, that's not in the book at all. So that one's totally made up by her. Um, but the Nina and Matthias one, that is their like origin yeah, story. That's yeah. their so origin that one's story. very, very similar, but in the book they do it in sort of a flashback version so all that mm-hmm. stuff was made up which and that's kind of what I like too about them doing these like screened movie you know these like book to movie adaptations is like changing things when the fandom's been around for so long yeah those books came out years ago yeah you know and that's I love that about Star Wars too for me like I mean we grew up watching them and I think they did such a good job kind of pivoting a little bit to like us as like first of all yeah. girls who now yeah. watch it and being a little bit older and like making yeah. that romantic element to it I was kind of surprised that they put that in there but like I think they did such a good job of like bringing those characters together and really like making you feel for it and there's a a bigger generation I think of us people that are like our age that maybe weren't into Star Wars prior that are now I wasn't I totally wasn't so I I didn't grow up liking Star Wars um I didn't even grow up watching Star Wars like I I just it it was a thing that I tried but I didn't really care what I couldn't feel for Luke I'm sorry but Luke was just not what Ray is for me right now yeah definitely yeah no she brings so much dimension both of them bring such dimension to their characters Mm -hmm. and it's just like you can just oh I mean (laughs) just oh it's so good and so Mm -hmm. and I think that's also you know when it comes to when we do when they do 
like book to show or movie adaptations and they get the casting right and they get the the tone and just everything right it just again as a reader and seeing that it's just like it's it's like it's like catnip I mean it's just it's so good like I there's a ninth house which is also a Lee Bardugo Lee Bardugo book um is being adapted to a show as well and cannot wait because it's like 80% of my personality I absolutely love it but uh, that's, that's my badass favorite book she was like you sh- you just read this one before you watch the show because this is just amazing it's so good it's trigger so warnings good. for sure there are definite yeah. trigger warnings but it is just the story I we we've talked about this we feel like Lee Bardugo kind of hit her stride when she got into Six of Crows and so this is after six of crows and so it was is really good so definitely it was also a book of the month book so look at all these book of the month books just killing it next month i'm getting it that's, <laughs> yeah, it. It's that's really it. good it's really, no, really too good. much endorsement from too many people i have yeah. to get it. it's, it's really it's, it's really a very, it's dark academia which is i think a really fun like genre that people haven't really dove into quite as much as a lot of other genres recently so yeah it was it's it's a really good it's really really good but, i'm excited yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a good one. So it's definitely one other. Well, a couple other questions, questions we always ask our guests. So I'll give you some time to mull them over, but we always ask what's your um, favorite standalone, your favorite series and your ultimate book boyfriend in no okay. particular order. <laughs> My favorite standalone book is um, the land of the beautiful dead by Arlie Smith. Um, it's a, uh, uh, I feel like it's she's an in, independent indie author, yeah. um, so it's not like um, I feel like it's not super famous. But I especially if you like the Darkling, and especially if you are like you like that tension, I feel like you might enjoy. <laughs> um, it's uh, um, yeah, highly recommended. My favorite series. I don't want to say Harry Potter because jk doesn't deserve it um totally fair i'm a big harry potter fan but i i agree (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't deserve us um uh, can we just talk about how she truly does not deserve the amazingness that is the harry potter fandom like they everyone i feel like they've stolen it they've stolen harry potter and made it their own and it's the most beautiful thing that i've ever seen is the fact that they just like came together and i'm like you know what no, we are going to make Hogwarts open yeah. to everybody and we are going to like make this Truly. a beautiful thing and you're not going to ruin it for us. And I just want to say, I love, I love that yeah. the fandom has literally been like, no, you don't, not for you. You yep. don't not matter anymore. We're, we're taking author. Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> you can go away now. Um, death of the author. Yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say the side changeling uh, um, series by Nalini Singh uh, for favorite series. It's just amazing. I love, uh, like, I think three of my favorite books ever are in the series. And like, I just like every book. Uh, what was the third question? I forgot. Your ultimate book boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to piggyback on my second answer. And I'm going to say Caleb from Heart of, Obsid- of Obsidian. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Look at me answering questions. <laughs> I, I I panicked when you uh, when you yeah, first asked, <laughs> but then I did it. <laughs> sorry, I'm proud of myself. So we we'll like to put you well, on the spot, great. but yeah, that's we like awesome. to ask everybody that because 
no it's it, it's a it's a great question actually yeah. the ultimate yeah. book boyfriend's a good one to know you just gotta you it's like yeah. one of those ones you gotta be ready for you know mm-hmm. you're like thank you for asking person. now that we're here should we do a deep dive into their personality <laughs> <laughs> he's actually here yeah <laughs> that's so yeah. fun awesome. that's awesome um so as far I know you had mentioned that you have another book coming out or that you're mm-hmm. working on another book um and we are very excited um can you can, can you tell us a, a little bit about it or is it still very like hush hush no I think I, I don't think so I mean okay. um <laughs> I hope not so um uh, my my next full-length book coming out is love on the brain and it's coming out in August 2022 and it's an enemies to lovers um STEM academia love story in which uh, the main character is a neuroscientist and uh, she is selected to uh, co-lead a very important project at NASA. And uh, when she gets to NASA, she discovers that the person she's going to co-lead the project with is an engineer that she has a bit of a past with. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of what happens. That's a premise, and uh, they uh, they it's kind of like a forced proximity thing where they have to call in this thing. And she's like, "Well, he hates me, uh, so it's gonna be awful." But does he really hate her? And uh, what's their past? And what happened? And you know things like that. So that's uh, coming out in August, and it's low on the brain. Then in um, then my third book is going to come out. Uh, so we have I, I had a three book deal for with Berkeley. My third book is coming out in, I don't know when it's coming out. And actually, I'm not going to talk about my third book because it hasn't been officially accepted by my editor. Okay. So <laughs> there might be no third book. Yet. Just know that there's a third book. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, I have three novellas coming out um, in, uh, um, uh, in, I think it's starting from February. Um, they are coming out February, March, and April oh in gosh. audio. And then uh, June... May, June, and July um, in ebook, and then I think they're gonna come out, come out in uh, um, physical paperback. I think yeah. yes, in um, the following year. So they are three novellas. Each novella is uh, like about a little more than thirty thousand words. And they're about three best friends who are engineers and they go to grad school together and then they go their separate ways um, to get their jobs and uh, uh, they find love with their professional rivals so it's kind of like again there are three enemies to lovers novellas um there are three different types of engineers one is uh, an environmental engineer the other one is a civil engineer and the third one is a nasa engineer an uh, aerospace engineer and they kind of um you know like as they leave grad school and they start working um they uh meet guys who are not who they do not get along with but maybe they do get along with them eventually and that's uh, that's it um so th- these are this is what i have coming out next uh, uh in 2022 and uh and then maybe something in 2023 but we don't know yet my editor will let us know <laughs> if he accepts my book that's so exciting It'll so come. was that with the audio ebook and physical was that just kind of a decision from the publisher or um yeah did you want to do that yeah no ex- no it was the publisher I okay. think I mean I'm, I'm sure yeah. <laughs> or my editor someone so, for the audio books I'm always curious do you guys get to be kind of involved in casting the actors or like having a say in that kind of thing 
I think so, actors. yeah. So yeah. I've, I've only done it once, but I, uh, based on yes. what happened to me <laughs> yeah, and uh, and what happened to everyone else that I know, yeah. So, I mean, they, they usually send you a bunch of samples and mm-hmm. then you can also, if, if you don't want anyone from your samples, you can just say, actually, I like this person and then they get in touch with that person. Um, and then they do everything and then one day they're like oh we have the book That's and so uh, um, yeah it's it's also like I'm I'm kind of shocked by how close like I, I think I always said that the audiobook was recorded months and months before mm-hmm. but they actually record the audiobook like in the month before the book comes out which oh, wow. I n- never knew um yeah, uh, but you, you get you get a thing like I feel like the publisher is very like or at least my publisher is very good at kind of mm-hmm. asking you things like are you okay with this is this fine even things that objectively they might have to do like they they first check with you whether you want whether you have like strong objections so that's something I really appreciate that's awesome I really love audiobooks I'm always like curious as to how those are like curated (laughs) because you know I can't listen to audiobooks like I just cannot I I just get distracted I don't know why so yeah same yeah. I do it when yep. I drive and stuff like that. And I've tried to start doing it when I work out. I'm like, I'm trying to like advocate people to audiobooks, but <laughs> I want to, I want to get into yeah. it because like I, there are so many things that I could do while listening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just can't, it's can't seem to be able You have to be doing like nothing where you're like looking at something else or, you know, like you can't be like checking messages or doing anything like that. I always do it when I'm, when I can't use my hands. So like when I drive or when mm-hmm. I'm going to the gym or like cleaning or something, but yeah. I love, I love audiobooks, And I just recently like gotten back into them this last year. And I'm always mm-hmm. curious as like how they come about yeah. like, who makes the decision to be like, yeah, we're going to make this also into an audiobook. So that's really cool. Yeah. I think for Berkeley, most books uh, are automatically made, but yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't, I actually have no idea. That's <laughs> so. so fun though. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for three audiobooks in the next like couple months so. oh, I'm glad yeah, thank you exciting that'll be really yeah. fun so a lot of these characters are based in you know STEM fields mm-hmm. and you yourself are a STEM academic I'm assuming that was a huge play in as far as wanting to um kind of advocate advocate for you know women in STEM and you know getting more of that experience as far as like what that might seem what what that entails being a woman in STEM. And mm-hmm. so how, how did that play in, you know, writing the book? I loved how you, you know, characterized on uh, her and her fighting the good fight and doing what needs to be done to, you know, advocate for women mm-hmm. in STEM and, and fields that are maybe more male dominated. So um, that was, that was really cool to see as well. So you know, can you talk a little bit about that as far as? Yeah, you know? I mean, definitely that was inspired a lot from my experience. Like I, I did feel like, we stuck like we kind of stuck up for each other a lot like and it was just nice there were there was like a degree I I I was the only woman in my cohort um during my PhD and but there were women in my lab uh, so I was lucky and I had women mentors so again that was that was lucky I didn't feel you know like uh, alone but I remember experiences where I was like literally the only woman in the room when I took comps uh, which are these like big exams that you take um like halfway through your PhD or it depends on the program but when I took comps uh, I remember that I was not only I was the only woman taking the exam but like the entire faculty committee was men and uh, um it was just like really unpleasant experience you know like just 
I don't know, this, this feeling that you don't really belong there because you're the one person, the one different person. Um, and, and that was so many women that I've talked to, I've had the same exact experience in STEM. Um, I, um, I've been lucky that I have had two of the people that the, uh, uh, well, I mean, all three of the people that the book is dedicated to are, are, you know, we went in STEM that have been my friends uh, through the years and that have made me being in STEM, like just not a, a non-miserable experience. So I'm very grateful to them. And uh, um, definitely like there was a lot of inspiration. There's, it's something that, uh, th- there is a lot of it in book two, uh, um, two, like, like it's, it's definitely something, it's definitely something that is in my mind, what it is to be a woman in a male-dominated environment and an environment that has been male-dominated for you know decades and how how that influences the way you like relate yourself with your environment your opinion of yourself uh, uh, like the insecurities that come out of it so that's definitely something that I pour a lot of in uh, in writing yeah I think for me I think one of the one of the scenes that really I guess hit the feminist rage for me was, uh, and probably for many women that read the book was, or many people who read the book was, you know, her, her altercation with Tom and Mm -hmm. his, you know, the things that he said. And I feel like a lot of times that's, that's a fear for, I feel like a lot of women too, is to be regarded as your work isn't, isn't good. And you're only here because you're pretty or because you're, you know, you're sleeping with someone or, what have you and and really what you're doing doesn't matter it's just you're you're a pretty thing to like put up there and you're only here because you are a woman and they're trying to diversify and that's Uh, I feel like that's something that that is very um for many women is is yeah I've 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 heard (laughs) it happen so much like around me I have had so many people reach out to me in DMs and tell me oh this happened to me uh, uh, it's just uh, it, it's it's a common thing and uh, uh, it's it's something that happens uh, so it's 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 sad so sad to have like so many people telling me oh something similar happened to me it's also just generally sad to be a woman in STEM and to see that there are all these like cases of a powerful man powerful white men who like have been you know, have been implicated in sexual harassment scandals uh, who that have been maybe corroborated as well. And then uh, just kind of like move from a position to another, another institution. And that like, there are really no repercussions. I feel like, I feel like academia hasn't really had its uh, Me Too movement yet. Or maybe it has, but like not its Me Too moment. Like, I feel like there still is very little accountability. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, it's something that, you know, I think a lot about when writing. Yeah. I think that was one of the things I really loved about it. And I felt like when I was reading the book, I was like, I can put myself not necessarily in these like specific situations, but just those feelings. Cause yeah. for Kirsten and I, we, uh, we majored in agricultural business. So it's like being in, in an ag industry and wanting to do like animal science and work with animals and things like that. You know, it's always like, Oh, you're not strong enough or you're not going to be good enough and all that sort of thing. And I went through that. I went into I went into academia, actually, I worked in a veterinary medicine at um, a university and it was like that. It's so crazy to like, think about, you know, how few, all the people that are higher ups were men and all the people that are in charge of making decisions are men. And you're like veterinary medicine on, especially on the equine side is so female dominated. There's so many women, but still the people making decisions are men. And it's like, 
it's crazy to see, you know, the things that you get to accomplish. And like, I lived in the Middle East for a little while and that was a culture shock for sure. And, you know, we had a lot of people that just don't respect you because you're a woman for cultural reasons, but also the, the people that were in our, you know, that worked in the industry with us too, or because you're that way, they don't, you know. Yeah. So. this is something that I've seen a lot in so I'm I'm a cognitive neuroscientist but I have been in a lot of like psychology programs um like I've I've, uh, because cognitive neuroscience and psychology have so many things in common like I've collaborated with a lot of psychologists and it's amazing how psychology is an incredibly female dominated field at the student level and then when you get to the faculty level it's white men I mean, not, not exclusively, but like, it's just, it's, uh, you have these, I don't know, 90, 10 split at the student level. And then when you get to the levels where people make decisions, the split is, you know, I don't know, 70, 30 in favor of men. Yeah. I think it's also a very generational thing too. And it's finally, it's finally coming to the point where this next generation of students or people that are going into college and, and, you know, or graduating are more women that are involved in these programs and STEM programs and in a lot of these male dominated industries. And, um, it's good to see. And it's, I I think within the next, I'm hoping this is the hope, you know, (laughs) within the next few years that that changes because the, the women that are going through these programs, they're going to, they're going to shatter that glass ceiling. I mean, they're, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the, that's the work that's been put in and that's the idea and that's the hope. And so it's, um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things to be, it feels to be very seen when you, when you read something like that and say, you know, I'm, I'm not the only one that's experienced maybe, you know, prejudice in a male dominated, Mm -hmm. you know, workforce or, um, you know, where, wherever you may, may work or whatever field you're in. And so, um, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting and it's very um, good to read that. And I also think it's good when, you know, we're talking about men starting, I feel like there's this like research, like this, like men are starting to actually read romance books now, which is really nice. And so it's like, when they see that they're like, oh, and it's something that I feel like a lot of people, if you're not paying attention to it, or if you're not aware of it, if it's not being done to you, you Mm kind of have those blinders on, but when you read it or you see it, you it kind of opens your eyes and you start seeing it more. You start yes. noticing it. You know, it's the, yeah, the whole absolutely. yellow car, the whole yellow car thing. You know, you don't yeah, you don't see all the yellow cars until you're looking for a yellow car and then you see all the yellow cars everywhere. Yes. Noticing it. And so it's yeah, it's uh it's definitely interesting. And so I'm I'm hoping that, you know, with the you know, increase of men reading these books or reading these, Mm -hmm. um, you know, points of view that it comes more to light. And I think it definitely is. There's definitely been a shift. Um, It's just, you know, sometimes things happen and you're like, oh, two steps forward. Like, yeah, (laughs) no one step back, but I know definitely, but I think you're right. I, 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 I am hopeful. I am very hopeful. Yeah. I think the other thing too, I remember when your book first came out, there were so many people that hopped on the internet and were like, you know, I'm in STEM, I'm in academia. I've, you know, working towards like all these things. And I've never, ever related to a book. And I've always been looking for something that was like talking about not only the hardships of like 
romance in general and like finding the right person, but also what it's like to have a full on career that isn't, because I think, and this is no qualm to any of the regular ones, like romance novels, but I think a lot of those people end up in these sort of like soft skill jobs. They're journalists, they're, you know, in marketing, which is what I do, but like, you know, there's never just this conversation about being in academia or being an, you know, an analyst or, and that's why I love the kiss potion, you know, like she's an economist and that kind of thing. You never get these ones where it's these jobs that are like, part of your life, like where your career means so much. And then you're talking about, you know, the struggles of like, I think a lot of the other thing that I think my big issue with romance novels is watching people sort of do that where they fall in love and like leave everything else to the wayside. And, you know, you Mm -hmm. forget that like you have a job and a career and like, you know, all these things. And so, um, I I remember people like hopping on and being so excited to talk about something that was like STEM was going to be the forefront of, you know, Olive and what she wanted in life and her, you know, a huge per- part of her personality. And then also like, there's going to be this really great romance mm-hmm. part of it, but he's also in STEM, you know? Mm-hmm. Also the fact that he's so supportive. We love, we love a healthy relationship that we, we it's always nice to read a healthy relationship, but you know, we were talking about uh, morally gray men earlier and how sometimes we get a little wrapped up in the, in the morally <laughs> gray men characters but um it's always so I wouldn't say refreshing but just so nice to read a, a healthy relationship where he's very supportive and he's there for her and genuinely there for her in in a way that she needs um and puts her needs even above his and um yeah I mean Adam was such a wish fulfillment character at some point like it's just uh, he really just wants her to succeed like he just I was it was just fun to write someone who just wants yeah he just wants her to succeed like he just wants her to like he respects her as a scientist first and foremost he thinks she's great he reads her papers when when like to fall before he falls asleep I am sure and <laughs> that's I, that's just that it was just like fun to write such a wish fulfillment character I think yeah. giving lots of good advice and like being there <laughs> yeah. for her and yeah and I love that and I like that you know it's it's fun to see them in the same field too so he kind of understands her and I think that that's where we all related as well because a lot of us do you know meet guys and things like that at, at work and so you're like you want someone that relates but is also like insupportive so the wish fulfillment yeah. thing is really nice and yeah it's nice to kind of have something that's different from traditional romance and realizing like there's so much effort that goes into yeah being in academia being in STEM how important that is and then you know not feeling heard and seen and, and then like having this amazing mm-hmm. book that shows that so I definitely felt like I could put myself in this book and like be a part of this and and it just felt very like realistic and not overdone which was awesome. yeah um it's fun that he has power in a way and that he uses the power to help her as opposed to like force her to do things it was that was like I know I know a lot of people were like oh I don't love that he's a professor or I don't know that there is a power differential but like again to me it's like a big fantasy fulfillment the idea of someone you know he is a powerful white man who could do whatever the fuck he wants but he decided he decides to use this power to support her and that also listens to her and yeah. change, you know as far as you know she's talking about him being you know confrontational and, and difficult to work with and so you know and him being internalizing that and saying oh no I, I kind of am and like I should probably not be so mean and so you know that's something too that he respects her opinion as far as like as um I mean they're not necessarily peers because there there is that power differential but you know in that field and respects her opinion and and takes that into account instead of being 
offended by it and Mm -hmm. being like, you don't know what you're talking about, um, where, you know, she's been in that position and she's like, no, like we need the support. And you even talked about it yourself needing that support. And so that's something you need to give to your students. And so, um, it was definitely, it was definitely, it was so good. Chef's kiss. Wonderful. Love it. (laughs) Thank you guys. These, these are the parts that were the most fun to write. So uh, it's just nice to hear that they resonated. (laughs) Speaking of which, what is your favorite part of the book? Definitely. I mean, it's always the sex scene. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's always the sex scene. I think for me, I laughed so hard when it came up and she was like, you know, all of his internal monologue. And then she says it out and she's like, there's going to just be one bet. Like, that's how it works. Like there's going to be two. And she's like, no, no, there's going to be one. I was like, that, that to me led up so well. And then there's like, oh, there are two beds. And I was like, no, no, but no, it went so well. And I think that was, it's really well played out. And I I just laughed so hard when I was like, that That was, um, That was actually a lot of the like calling out the tropes that 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 stuff that is in the book happened because the fic was it was originally a fan fiction and so people were you know calling out oh is this trope gonna be there in the comments so it was kind of like a conversation with the fandom so we kind of all co-authored the book in a weird way which was kind of fun um, and it was fun to leave it in the in the final version of the book yeah it felt very inclusive like. For us, I think as readers, and I think that's why this has gone, you know, so viral is because people are reading it and they're like, wait, wait, this, like, she's listening (laughs) to us. And like, this is what we wanted. And we wanted to like laugh and and realize that like, you know, this is fiction, right? It's made up, but, but this is the stuff that we're like, but this happens in real life, doesn't it? (laughs) And it feels real, right? Because it's contemporary. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And the banter is just so, yeah. so wholesome and so great. You know, when he talks about how he doesn't like chocolate and I, <laughs> me personally, I just gasped because I love chocolate. And so me too. I was like right there with Olive and I was like, of course he doesn't like anything that's like sweet and good in life, <laughs> but like, you know, and then of course, when he like gives her the, the like chocolate granola bar <laughs> and I, and she's like, after I just realized it was chocolate and I was just like, oh, he was thinking of her and he's just so sweet. And it was just like, it's just, oh, it was so, so great and so wonderful. And so um, I, yeah, I had a lot of, I think everyone, we just had so much fun reading it and we felt so, you know, the banter was so wonderful and the back and forth and the, you know, the fake dating trope and the, uh, you know, reluctant, you know, friends to lovers situation and, uh, you know, and also the one bed trope, which we, which we love um, or lack thereof one bed trope. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It was, it was so much fun to read. Thank you so much, guys. That was kind of all the questions we had. <laughs> if there's anything else you kind of wanted to share. No, this was so much fun. Um, Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I'm so excited that I got to chat with you and meet you and, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time. This was super fun. We were like so excited to get a chance to talk to you. And (laughs) we were so excited to read the book and everything. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, thank you. This this was really exciting. I cannot wait to I'm going to go back and listen to all your episodes. Now. <laughs> oh, thank you. Awesome. We, we do yes. have Shadow and Bone episodes. So That's, if you I was, to... okay, but I was thinking about it earlier when you were talking about it. I was like, yeah. I wonder if they have an episode about that because I feel oh, like yeah. I want to hear this. Yeah. It's a we full, did, it's a full thing. We did Shadow and Bone, Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. And then we did a 
two episodes on the four like four episodes of the Netflix show and then the last four episodes we we did two Amazing. podcast episodes breaking down the four episodes each of the series. I am ready I am yeah. ready for this we, so, we, yeah. we went yeah we, we went, went, we went a bit shadow and bone crazy it was it was fun though we yeah we straight up when it came out we were like we're waking up at two o'clock in the morning and starting this, <laughs> this on Netflix like we were we were in for it but yeah. then of course you finish it that day and you're like now what do I do now I have to wait a year and a half for it to come out again so we've both watched it like three times each like is that that when it's gonna come out in a year and a half yeah I think yeah sometime next year next fall I think yeah I know it's so long yeah they still haven't announced who they're gonna cast for Nikolai and I feel like everyone on the bookish interwebs is like waiting with bated breath to like see who they cast for Nikolai because he's just like everyone's just they've cast it they casted it so So well. well And so yeah. I think there's a little pressure on them to cast Nikolai really well. So they will. We we have all the faith in them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, thank okay. you for joining us. We yeah. had so much fun talking to you. You're amazing. Wonderful. So we cannot wait to, um, for your second book to come out. Um, and we're so excited. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for hanging out with us while we did our interview with Ali. Do we have any announcements to share? Yeah, so we are still in the month of November. So our November read is The Love Hypothesis, <laughs> shockingly. So if you are in our book club or would like to join in, if you've read The Love Hypothesis and want to join in on our discussion, our discussion is um, on the 21st of November. So this next this next weekend. So if you want to join in, go to the, the link in the um, bio and on our Instagram and click on the discord link and join in over there. Uh, we already have some pretty great conversations going along. We've sent the Adam POV out. So if you haven't uh, read that yet, hop on on over there. But yeah, so we're really excited to chat about that. What else do we have going on? What other announcements do we have? We have the giveaway going on until the end of this week. So it will end on Friday afternoon. If you guys want to go ahead and join that. If you guys have left us a review before, go ahead and send us a screenshot in the DMs. If you guys haven't left us a review, screenshot it and send it to us. And that's two extra entries, um, sharing the stories. There's tons of options for extra entries, but we've gotten stuff from uh, Book Babe Designs from Danielle over at Hold It There. So we're super excited. She made us something custom and I'm really excited to get that in and show you guys that um, we have a book and a couple other things from Stacking Pages and Owlcrate and Fairy Loot and a bunch of just like little things. So we're really excited for that giveaway if you guys want to go ahead and enter there. And other than that, we have some Christmas stuff coming out in December and some collabs coming up. So we're really excited to share that. And that's about it. Yeah. That's all we have for you guys. Well, this month, oh my goodness, this month is over. You all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful time with your families and we will see you in December. Uh, We love you all and stay safe out there during the holiday. We will see you all in December. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.